Welcome to Harry Hog Football, episode number 392 with Josh, live from Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. I am in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hey, I wonder if, uh, what was the dude from Canada? Kenny Kin. I wonder if Kenny Kin is up there. He can come hang out with you. Isn't he like in Toronto or, I can't remember where he is. I don't know. Good, Good old Kenny Ken. We haven't talked to him in a while. I think Kenny Ken is probably just a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan now and it doesn't even follow the Redskins. <laughs> come on, Kenny Ken. Let us know you're still listening. Yeah, come uh, on, Rough Rider. <laughs> Harry Hog football episode number 391. John is still on the mend. Oh, excuse me. We're 392 this week, aren't we? 392. 392. Yeah. And John is still on the mend. He almost made it back. He'll probably be back next week. We think he's getting stronger every day. Thank you guys for all of your uh, support and words of encouragement for John as he has experienced this, this uh, situation, this health situation. So we appreciate it. And we hope to have John back very soon. We'd also like to give a shout out to this week's sponsor, recurring monthly sponsor, Devin, who has, told us he is going to give us a dollar a month for his entire life. And we'd like to thank him for that. Um, Devin. A dollar a month for his entire life. Think about that. Think about it for a minute, Devin. (laughs) Josh, turn down that overall volume on those sound effects. Josh finally put a sound effect generator on his computer, and he's got one sound effect in there. Which, no, I have, which, is, I have about, a which is about five less than I do, and I've had 390 episodes. <laughs> oh, wait, I found this one. This one is a throwback. Let's hear this. Here it comes. Uncle John, like, um, what kind of cake? yellow cake. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Dude, that's what, from like four or five years ago, probably, on here. I guess uh, Uncle John yellow likes cake. yellow cake. Anyway, lots of Redskins uh, news this week. Uh, welcome to Harry Hawk Football episode 392. Thanks for listening in. Um, so, uh, in last week's game, where we completely, it was the undebacle. Dude, we, we, totally, we totally annihilated the Rams. We were in beast mode on both sides of the ball for the entire game, except for the one S the bed drive in the third quarter that we always have on the defense. That's right. Where I was getting nervous. It, cra- it cracked me up the past couple of days just listening to the typical Redskins chatter 
Um, you know, whether I was listening to ESPN 980 or one of the, the online shows or whatever it might be, that they kept focusing in on, well, Kirk Cousins had that almost pick, and that was like the only bad thing they could say. Yeah, that was almost a horrible pick, though. It, it was, was almost a horrible pick, and but I, the pick didn't happen. The pick didn't happen. Yeah, I, dude, all right. The offense was very efficient. The defense was just insane. Like, if you look at the stats, the Redskins now lead the league in total defense. Um, crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> we also lead the league in total in rushing. Rushing yep. game. And I think we're 11th overall in total offense. The thing I, I will point out, first of all, first of all, don't you love how, like, all the uh, BR can talk about how bad the Redskins are? And then four hours later, talk about how now they could win the division. Dude, they were, it was, plus some of the stuff they were putting out there this week. And we have this actually later to talk about in the podcast, but um, did they just make this stuff up? I I don't understand where they get information. And a lot of the times they were always saying, well, we have an inside source that gave us this. But they never let us know who their inside source is obviously because they're going to protect their source if there's a source or they can just make it up and then when they make it up they can just say oh we had an inside source their why would source we make is their head up? dude they do that whole exactly. source thing to get people to click on their websites and get their little the, ad banners and stuff the whole like inside source thing is is like you can get away with saying anything just by saying you have an inside source it's just bad journalism in the old days <laughs> they used to like actually you know investigate the source right well, that's Before like, they would report if, it, now that like anyone can say it and they'll report it. If we said on this show, well, we have an inside source at Redskins Park. We can't tell you who it is, but we have an inside source that has informed us there is probably an 80% chance that Chris Cooley is going to suit up tomorrow night against the Giants. It would be and all we're run, It'd be like And we're going to run a four tight end set. Dude, it could be on like it would be on like ESPN sources at Harry Hog Football say, and then say. those agencies get away with reporting it because they say sources at this other place. And we say we have an inside source at the Redskins, and they'll come back and say, "Who's your source?" And we'll say, "We can't reveal our source." It's basically gossip, dude. Exactly, and people get away with it all the time. Like for one thing, the biggest BR that I saw, and I think it came out of BR, was this whole thing about. RG3 and Kirk Cousins not getting along. I know, dude. What what is that? There was a, they reported this week. It did come up from the BR saying that they couldn't even be in the same room and Sorry. that they did have <laughs> that they had a uh that the tensions were so high between the two quarterbacks that they quote can't even be in the same room reportedly. Um Yeah, and then uh yeah, and then RG3 was was tweeting something about, yeah, well, first you spread hate, and, th- and then when that doesn't work, you spread lies. Basically, exactly. if I'm in the locker room celebrating a win with my teammates somehow, <laughs> that means I can't stand them or something and, like that. And let me point out, he f- tried to fit that all into one tweet of 140 characters. And so you got what he was saying. It was like, basically, there's no problem here. Everybody wants to spread hate, blah, blah, blah. This is just lies. How can we, you know, how can you say this? If celebrating is is this, blah, blah. So he fits that in there. You get the picture. 
And then all these media folks go off on RG3 saying, oh, what he said is really cryptic and, you know, it's more quizzical and puzzle puzzling. They're idiots, and I'm like, dude. Idiots. I'm like, dude, he said it in 140 characters. These guys. He didn't idiots. have time to write a full – he didn't write a full press release novel to release. He just went, you know, tweet, tweet, tweet. Idiots. You guys are stupid. There's, there's, this is all lies. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you know, I, it, I don't even want to talk about that. I want to talk about the actual game. I don't want to talk about it either, but we did have it on here. And I just want to say that, you know, we did see less of RG3 on the sideline this week. He is in plain clothes. He was obviously not active again. Um, I don't know if they released a depth chart this week if RG3 is number two or if he's number three again. I don't I, know what I that really is. don't know why he wasn't active. Because like I said last week, if Gruden really wants to put the best people on the field, he's obviously better than Colt McCoy. Obviously. I, and I, I think he's better than Kirk Cousins still. But anyway, I well, think there's, obviously there's the something between them and they're trying to get rid of him. But anyway. All I was going to say is every time they do show him on the sidelines, he's like one of the first guys out congratulating everyone, smacking, slapping their hands, saying great job, tapping them on the helmet. You know, yeah, it's dude. It's just like these hateful people are trying to spread hate about people for no reason, except it makes them feel better about their sorry selves. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, let's talk about the Rams. We'll come back around to RG three because um, there is something else we wanted to chat about there. But uh, there is. Yeah, I don't even know if it made made our itinerary today, but I just remembered that I wanted to mention something about it. Okay. Yes, the Rams game. You have the box score pulled up. Because I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Dude, I got how all, many? I got all the data. Dude, our defense. Let's start with the defensive side of the ball first of all. Our mm. defense was swallowing up those guys. They were like pushing dudes in uh, Nick Foles' face the entire game. I think they only got maybe one sack, but he was being disrupted like the whole game between the fatties like pot roast and Chris Baker. And then Ryan Kerrigan was getting past his dude almost on every play. Yep. And making Foles either throw early, throw high, throw behind a guy. Um, and I also saw, I mean, there were so many balls that Foles was throwing short, like over the middle that would kind of be behind his receiver and they would drop it or their receivers just dropped it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and we were making them lose yardage on these plays. I mean, we had uh, Ryan Kerrigan had tackle for loss on uh, on Foles. Um, Stephen uh, Paya, how do you say his name? Paya, right? Stephen Paya had one. Uh, Trent Murphy had one. Um, of course, there was the sack by uh, by by Paya uh, as well. Paya, I mean, we call Paya, yeah. Lots of great, uh, lots of great pressure from the uh, defensive front. And then, you know, in the secondary, I thought played pretty well as, you know, as well. Dude, it was almost to the fact, like, or the point, like we were talking about in the off season with the, uh, with the defensive line causing so much pressure, the defensive backs don't have to be as awesome. One, because they don't have to, they don't have to uh, cover their man as long, but two, yeah. It, it's making the quarterback throw worse. I mean, I don't remember any times of being like, whoa, maybe that one play where our dudes got burned on that long pass. It might have been D. Hall that got burned. Yeah. I don't remember. 
But other than that, there was never any plays in that game where I was like, man, our defense backs are getting burnt. Like, I don't even remember them really calling our defensive backs names for making plays because the defensive line was so disruptive that the quarterback was just making mistakes and throwing bad. Pretty much everybody on the defense had tackles. Everybody, except for Preston Smith, did not have any tackles, but Preston Smith had a pass defended. Yeah, they were swarming, dude. I remember, I think it was after the Rams started to come back in the third quarter, they had like a third and one or something, and our defensive line got in the backfield and like knocked the lead blocker back into the running back who then had to roll out kind of to the right, and then we just kept swarming them, and they ended up losing a yard. They were pretty outstanding. In fact, it's the best defense I've seen from the Redskins for a long, long time. And it was very encouraging because if we can hold teams like we did, like we're the only team in the NFL, I was looking at the stats this morning, that have held after two games that have held the opponents to under 500 yards of total offense. And if we can do that consistently where, I mean, we've only given up 20 points on defense. I'm not counting the seven points that the special teams gave up on last week against the Dolphins. So 20 points. If we only gave up 10 points a game, that means we only have to score a touchdown and two field goals on average to win. And that's very important for this offense because if you looked at the way the offense is structured, the running game just like wears down the other team. And it wasn't all like 30-yard runs. I mean, there were a couple big runs, but most of them were like three yards on first down, two yards on first down. You get the second and maybe throw a short pass for like three or four yards. So the key of it was getting to third down in like less than five. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the way that offense is set up, it can work. But if you don't have a good defense that's keeping the score low, then there's no way that that offense can catch up. Yep. You know what I mean? If you're behind by more than one <clears throat> or two touchdowns. Because I noticed that although Kirk Cousins was pretty effective, there weren't many passes of over 10 yards like even the ones that Jordan Reed would break it would be like maybe a 10 yard pass and he'd break some tackles and make a big game he'd break it and it was what he did after the catch that that made a lot of difference yeah and to my point Um, on that short passing game look at Garcon's uh stats he caught something like seven or eight passes for a total of like 30 yards he had six receptions for 23 yards Garcon yeah so what's that like three yards a catch so yeah, three point eight, almost four. I mean, I know that's like and that gets a running, you first down every time. But that's like a running. I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost like another running game. It's like it, we're just taking these, sh- eating up clock. I think we had almost forty minutes of clock time again for the second week straight, and that's because we're going like small chunks at a time. We're not. I mean, we took a few shots down the field, and uh, it would help out to kind of open that up some more when we get Deshaun Jackson back because he's that deep ball threat every once in a while. But for the most part, if our running game is working like it was with Alfred Morris and my dog, uh, Matt Jones. No, mine. My dog. No, my My dude. Our dog. Our dog, Matt Jones. We actually agree on having That's my dog. That's my dog. (laughs) That's my dog. Mine. Nice. My dog. Anyway, Uh, um, yeah, if those guys can keep – it's like old school Redskins football. Just like pound it. And before the game, remember the, like all the commentators, like 
all the Redskins dudes, like Kevin Sheenan and that dude Al Galdi that I can't stand. We're talking about how this is Al Galdi. <laughs> they were talking about how there was no way the Redskins were going to be able to run it down the throats of that awesome St. Louis Rams defense. And I'm then, here, Al Galdi, coming to you live from the Green Turtle. And dude, we got freaking what over 150 yards running this week. Uh, rushing this week, 182 yards. So if you look at if you look at the numbers, we had nearly twice the offensive uh, yards when you combine rushing and receiving, as did the St. Louis Rams. So and you know, I was thinking about this. I was like, all right, the average field that you have to play is is going to be about 75 yards, right? So if it's a kickoff and it goes through the end zone, you're starting at the 20. If it's a punt, you know, you're somewhere around the the 35, maybe the 40. Um, so let's call it 75 yard fields. Well, how many opportunities that does that give them when they only have 217 yards total on the day, the Rams. So they've got maybe three or four drives out of the game that they were able to try to do something and get, and get yards to score. And they didn't capitalize on those things because our, our defense was so aggressive. I think if I remember correctly, the Rams punted on their first six possessions. When's the last time the Redskins did that? Never. We always give up third downs. We always do. But yesterday or Sunday, they were just every play. They were like, oh, you're not getting a yard against us. And if you do, you're going to have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty it was pretty refreshing, as Will would say, to see that. Yep. And the offense, hey, if they can't stop the run, keep running. I mean, those dudes are just blocking like crazy on the run. And even when we only get one or two yards, I noticed a little bit in the third quarter when we were up 17 to nothing, they kind of went away from the run a little bit. And I was like, uh, you need to get back to running it. How many times did we punt? Um, I don't know. You've Once? got the box score. At least a couple. Because one time, Tressway punted it for like 12 yards. Well, it must have been a fair catch because St. Louis had no punt returns, according to the uh, box score. No, it went out of bounds after like 12 okay. yards, remember? Whereas when you look at the punt returns on... Um, what was his average punt? Uh, let's see. I'm looking. Tressway, punt, watching him punting. Oh, yeah, yeah. We downed one. Yeah, we did. So times. we did. We punted We punted six times. Yeah, we, we punted six times. Um, total of 244 yards. The average was 40 yards, 40.7. His longest was 56. And then whereas the shortest was like 12. The other guys punted eight times. St. Louis. Eight times, dude. That's pretty good. Eight. Eight times. But they had no returns. We had five returns. Yeah, and that gets me to Jamison Crowder, who <laughs> what was up with him, dude? A couple of times know. he called fair catch when he looked to me like he had space, and then he didn't call fair catch when he was gonna get creamed. And he almost I know. I think Maybe he, he was like, Man, him. I'm tired of He's probably like, I'm tired of calling fair catch. I'm just going to try to catch it yeah, and well, run. It could have been disastrous for us. And yep. Could have been. As could, could have been. As could that fumble from um, Matt Jones. That could have been disastrous. Cause I, I think that that's the been. drive where they ended up getting either the field goal or the it, touchdown. And you know what was interesting with that? Matt Jones had this fumble, and you would expect a rookie back. He fumbles – Coach pulls him out, puts Alfred Morris in, and lets Morris carry the rest of the game. But he didn't do that. 
Um, I I found it. Um, I guess I would, and I hate to say it, commend Gruden on this, but keeping the coaching staff for keeping Jones in there, even after the fumble, they kind of put him right back in there um, after uh, Morris spelled him for a few carries. And then it was right back at it, the two-headed monster again, which we'll talk a little bit more about yeah, later on. And I have to give credit to Gruden and or Scott McLuhan on this because if this was their plan the entire time to just pound the ball with this offense to take pressure off the quarterback, A, but B, if we were actually and and Scott McLuhan to get these fatties like dedicate himself to get some fatty big offensive linemen in there, so they could run the ball, then it is brilliant for them to have two awesome backs because one back couldn't take that for an entire season. There's no, no. way. There's no way. No. You know who we didn't really see? We didn't see. Do did we see? Uh, do we see? We didn't see any Dy, did we? No, he was in there blocking, but yeah, didn't, I mean, he didn't he didn't take a carry at all though. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Talk about blocking though. We not only had him blocking, we had we had three tight ends on in for a ton in of the plays. beginning of the game. Yeah, in the first half, and it was working. And I don't even know who the other two tight ends were. Jordan Reed had another huge game, <clears throat> another huge game. If he can stay healthy, that's going to be really big for us going forward. And I think the other tight ends we have are what Carrier, and then is the other guy named McCoy or something? <laughs> I don't know, but he didn't have any catches. I think he was he was, uh, he was in the block. I kept going, oh, who's that? Oh, that's like a pawn. Like when you play chess, you know, like they don't really have names; they're just pawns. Those guys were blocking, but they were doing their job, just like in just like in a game of chess. I mean, they were helping keep the guys out of the backfield, giving Cousins enough time to um, to drop back, step up in the pocket, and make the pass plays. They were, uh, you know, helping to block and so that the uh, internal line could open up some holes for the run game. Um, it it worked, and I and I hope that when they look at the films this week, they'll say, "Okay, that worked. Let's do that again." You know, let's do let's form something similar because obviously, running the ball between Morris and Jones is working, and it's opening up for pass plays and it's keeping people keeping the defenses off guard. That was another thing. We had a lot of hurry up looks. Yeah. We didn't give them we didn't give them time to set, you know. I mean, the defenses are going to have to stack the box from here on out. So that is going to open up the passing game a little bit. But my question is will Kirk Cousins be able to take advantage of it? Because the one weakness that I see in this offense so far is like I said, all of his passes are really short. And if you look, when he gets over third and like seven, third and eight, his plays are not, his passes are not very good. That's when he starts, like that's when he almost do that interception. Right. And that's when he has some incompletions. Yep. So it's almost like Gruden's not trusting him to throw the ball deep. I don't know. The only time I've seen yep. him really throw it deep is on that little like post play to a tight end in the middle. You know what I yep. mean? And he did try one or two deep. I think he tried one deep to Ryan Grant on the sideline. But most, for the most part, it's basically like, just get in there and do what we're saying and throw it short, and then we're going to run it. And then we're going to yep. control the clock and keep it a low-scoring game and go old-school football. And we Gruden, Gruden even talked about that, how he was saying, like, over the last 70 years in the league, look, at the teams that are successful, and they're the ones that can control the clock and run the ball. Right. 
get the run game going, get the run game. And that's what we we've said that for years and years on this podcast in the past 10 years is pound the ball, run the ball, run the ball. doesn't matter who the, who the coach was at the time or who our running backs were. It's like run the ball. I remember, you know, uh, when we started this and then, you know, Clinton Portis was playing and we were like, you know, if Portis doesn't get a hundred yards, we don't win. And it was we true got, most of the time. And it was true. We have to run the ball. We also said he had to get at least 20 carries. And when they went away from passing, or when they went away from the run, that's when they would always lose. And part of that is if the run's getting shut down, of course. but Or if they're starting and losing. You know what? And if you look at the stats this week, I mean, obviously Matt Jones had the most yards on the day. Um, he only had one more carry than Alfred Morris. They shared it pretty evenly. Matt Jones had 19 carries for 123 yards with a 6.5-yard average. That's pretty impressive. And two touchdowns. Alfred Morris, 18 carries, 59 yards. But together, 182 yards in rushing with an average of 4.9 yards on the day for 37 carries. I mean, that right there will win you football games. Yeah. And if you if you take what the pundits say, you know, going into these two games, they said that the Rams and the Dolphins had some of the best defensive lines in football, and we were able to run all over both of those squads. So if that's any indication, I believe I looked at the rankings and the um, <clears throat> the Giants were kind of far down against the run. Um, yep. I don't have them up right now, but anyway, that would bode well for us. The thing that doesn't bode well for us coming into this game, you want to say anything else more about the Rams game? Before we go no, but I think you know. I was gonna say before we go move ahead to anything. Why don't we go ahead and give our games and kicks now for the Rams game and put that behind us? Oh yeah, okay. Let me find that music here because I haven't done it so long here. <laughs> all right, all right. So we won, so that means we had to do the kicks first. All right, here we go. It's time for this week's kicking the balls award. <laughs> Kicking the Balls Award is brought to you by Ritapoo. Ritapoo. Excellent. Um, I think I'm going to give my kick in the balls to uh, – it's tough this week because we had such a good game. I mean, I think I'm going to give it to um, Jamison Crowder. Man, you stole mine. That's who I was going to give mine to. <laughs> I mean, like like you said, Aaron, he um, – you know, I just wasn't sure that he knows exactly – when to do what? I mean, the calling for the the fair catch versus actually trying to run the ball when it appears that, you know, he does have some space to run. Uh, it's tough. And, and really, that's like a super picky pick. I mean, um, I don't know. All right. That, that, that's my kick. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Well, then I'm going to give mine to mm, – I can't give it to him because he had a really good game otherwise. No, okay, I'm going to give mine to Tressway then for shanking that punt out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one that I was considering was Jordan Reed had another holding penalty. Oh, yes, true. It's <laughs> tough to give him a, tough to give Jordan Reed a kick this week. Yeah, but so anyway, yeah, it's hard to give kicks when they play so well. So, you yeah. know. I think um should we give one out for John? John? Yeah, John's going to give his kick to Darrell Young this week because um, the only stat Darrell Young carried this week was on defense. 
On defense? Yeah, one tackle. Oh, on the special teams, probably. Yes. Okay. Well, let's move ahead to... Josh, do you have your earphones in? Because I can hear myself reverberating back. I do not have your friends in. Oh, well, that's not good. All right. I can do that. Um, let's see here. Let's move into the Game Balls. And now, the coveted and ever-elusive Game Ball Award. Game Ball Award this week. We have a, a lot to choose from. So uh, go ahead, dude. All right, um, man, there is a lot to choose from this week, and it's tough. It's easy to look at the stats and say, all right, this guy had the best stats. This guy had the best stats here, blah, blah, blah. Um, man, it is tough. I think, though, uh, gosh, I've, I've thought about this. Um, I, I think I'm going to give my game ball to Trenton Robinson this week. Um He's never gotten one, obviously, uh, and uh, he had six tackles on the day, five solo tackles. I just felt like he played tough all all game long on the defense and uh, really stepped up and made a great contribution to this defense. But there are so many other. And he's um, the starter now. He's now become he the starter. He is, and for him to step in like that and make and, and have such a big game, you know, he gets my game all this week. All right, well, then I have to give mine to Matt Jones for his coming out party, my dog. Because, uh, dude, two touchdowns, 150-some yards, rookie in his second game. I mean, what more can you do on that? I know. Obviously, there are – I mean, Jones That's had a huge game. Dog. That's my <laughs> dog. Mine, too. There are there – are, um, so many folks. I mean, Jordan Reed. What a great game for Jordan Reed. Six receptions, eighty-two yards. That yeah, one he play, had a where huge he did third that, down catch, a huge third down catch that yeah. sealed the game for us. That one catch where he did that sort of like try spin move, the where he just kept the three of twisting them. like a corkscrew. Yeah, I mean, like a ballet dancer. He got like another eight yards out of that. Yeah. I mean, that was that was really great running after the catch. Um. Anyway, everybody dude, played really well. Loves him, dude. He's like the, his favorite target. I gotta give a I gotta give a ball game ball to um, you know the coaching staff. I felt like they dialed up the plays really well. Um, you dude, know, for we giving were getting pressure on their quarterback, only rushing three and four guys. We rarely blitzed in this game. I know that's true, and and yet Joe Barry made it work. So you know, kudos to Joe Barry. Yeah. Everybody across the board, just a great game. Well, that's because the D line, along with Ryan Kerrigan. We're outstanding. And and uh, Jason Hatcher. Jason, yeah. I wanted to say Harper. Hatcher. Yeah, I know. But I also, we'd be remiss if we didn't also give a mini game ball in his first game to Dustin Hoffman, who, dude, we haven't seen that many touchbacks in, like, all of last season as Dustin Hoffman had in one game. Every, I don't know if they were, they returned one and they only returned it to the 19 or 20. And if we can always have the other team start on the 20-yard line, um, it takes pressure off of our other guys on the special teams that apparently have trouble tackling people, i.e. the Miami kick return. Yep. And he also made all of his kicks in his first game, even with his, I think his first ever field goal attempt was 40-some yards, and he made it. Yep. I mean, obviously this guy, young guy, um, this is his second season technically in the NFL uh, out of Florida State. 
But um, that was his first you know, game, though. His first game, his first game. Yeah. And obviously they saw something in this guy and they thought, hey, here's a young guy we can build on and work with. So hopefully it'll pay off. So far, he's looking good. Yeah, he hated can kick see- it in the end zone. Yeah. I hated to see Cobra Kai go. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, welcome to, uh, to to Dustin Hopkins, otherwise known as Dustin Hoffman, a.k.a. we're calling him Tootsie on this podcast. I thought he was Rain Man. He's not Tootsie? All right, whatever. Rain Whichever. Man, Rain Man, Tootsie, maybe because he's a rainmaker, but we'll go with that. All right, so let's take a really short break. And then when we come back, we will give a little bit of hog slop and injury report, and then we'll talk about the, uh, what, the Giants game. Yep. Okay, short break. And this is for you, Josh. This is Kenny Chan from Canada, and you're listening to Harry Hog Football. Is that it? We don't do the commercials anymore, right? So. No, we're not, we don't have a commercial this week. Um, I could have the music coming back from the commercial, though. Yeah, you could do that. That's all right. We're, we could just say we're back. It's a super short break, but we didn't even get give time folks to go and grab their... Uh, their beer um that's really what the break is for it's not for us it's for you guys man we realize you know after sitting here for a little while you've got to go to the refrigerator and refill or pour that extra morning cup of coffee oh speaking Uh, of i went downstairs right before we started recording and made myself a cup of tea and then i forgot to go back and get it excellent so it's probably cold by now um all right so let's move on then um we are what what else there's some uh, uh want to talk about the injury report want to do that next uh yeah let's go to the injury report um la, 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 oh yeah and while i'm trying to find the music for the injury report uh we're not doing the video podcast again this week because josh is in nova scotia because i haven't got time for the pain the injury report this week's injury report is brought to you by Buckley's Canadian Formal Sinus Ligament Non-drowsy relief formula. Buckley. If you that's right. Buckley's. And by what's that donut shop up there? Horton. <laughs> Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. And by Tim Hortons. Hold Tim Hortons brings you the finest in Canadian coffees and pastries. And donuts. Tim Hortons. And donut holes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, anyway, um, here we go. We are into the injury report with Josh Allen. Take it away. All right. This injury report coming to you live from Halifax, Canada, brought to you by Maple Syrup. Uh, injury report. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Baker. Uh, he is, has a non – Chet Baker, non-injury related, did not practice. How's that an uh, injury? I don't know what they listed on the injury report, so I'm going to report it. He ate too much uh, at the CC's buffet. Next. Chet Jason Hacker Hatcher did not practice. Also, non-injury related. Same. So buffet. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that <laughs> the, the the food items were sitting out a little too long. It's because they went to you know who's CC's buffet. You know the guy that owns that one. They went to. That owns the guy that we still pay. Yeah. What's his name? You know. What's what's that guy's name? <laughs> yeah. You know. I don't need I to. Tell you, I don't need to tell you his name. I can't think the of his name. Biggest bust in Redskins history. I can't think of his name. 
Well, I'm not telling you. Everyone's anyway, nice. All right, go ahead. He's that big guy from Tennessee. Um, <laughs> it stomps on people's head. Stomps on people. Had a really high voice like this. <laughs> Albert Haynesworth. Uh, Hi, y'all. Come to, welcome to CC's. Welcome to CC's. <laughs> welcome to CC's, Jason Hatcher and Chet Baker. <laughs> here, I got some special pizza for you. It's been sitting out here for 12 hours. Um, All right, next. Uh, D'Angelo Hall's got a rib injury. Um, he did have a full practice. I would say I think he's expected to play this week, He'll play. right? He'll play. He played He'll play. last week with the same rib injury. Um, Deshaun Jackson did not practice hamstring injury. I expect he's going to be out for a number of more weeks, so he will probably remain on this list. Yeah, there. You know, our deep threat. We seem to do fine without him. Um, but once he's back, I, I was trying to put that piece together in the Rams game this week and thought, man, if we had Deshaun on top of this, how great that would be. The big one, that, uh, the big one that's going to affect us the most, though, dude, is going to be Perry Riley Jr. if he doesn't play. Perry Riley Jr.'s got that calf injury. He did not practice along with Justin Rogers, the cornerback. Uh, foot injury, did not practice. Martrell Spate, um, you know, the linebacker, he's got a concussion, did not practice. He was put on IR. He was put on IR this week. Um, Morgan Moses, he's got a knee injury. He had limited practice. And uh, Corey Lichtenstein, Corey Lichtenstein. <laughs> he hurt his <laughs> he has a hangnail. Um, he did have a full practice with that hangnail. He hurt so his we finger. Ex- we expect him to play this week with that finger. Um, Sean Laval. Sean Laval has a calf injury. Uh, he had a full practice. And pot roast. Those guys uh, had, will all play. Pot roast had a rib injury, but he also had a full practice. So, so the big ones are Perry Riley, and of course, you already knew about Deshaun Jackson. Hopefully, Perry Riley will play, but I think I read something this morning saying that he's probably not going to. And I think because back backup is Will Compton. Will don't call me Tom Compton. So <laughs> Perry Riley has been having a good season. He has, man. I mean, he had uh, four tackles last week, and he, and one of them was a tackle for loss. Um, so you know, he will be missed if we uh, if we're missing Perry Riley this week. I guess we can go right into the transactions. You already mentioned that um, Martrell Spate was on the injury reserve list. What's the big one, dude? The big one, the big elephant in the room, is that we have waived cornerback David Amerson, the NC State project. Apparently, he's not our project anymore. Um, it was interesting listening to, to Coach Gruden talk about him and his press conference about this the other day. And, you know, he wasn't going to give a lot of information, and people just kept grilling him. And finally he just kept saying, well, I think he's a fine player. He's a good player. He's just not working out for us here, but I think he's going to go on somewhere else and Dude, have, a, he, have a good career ahead of him. He basically sucked for the Redskins. And I think we gave up, like, what, a second-round pick for him? We did I mean, I, in two years ago, right? So, I, I mean, I had high hopes for the guy. I watched him play at NC State. I thought he was, I thought he was really good. I was excited when he when he was coming to the Redskins. And uh, he just never progressed. He like stayed he as didn't. good as he was when he was a rookie and never got any better. Exactly, exactly. And you know, he'll he'll probably do what all Redskins do. One, they go to the Raiders. He already did Redskins. go to the Raiders. He got signed. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'll go to the Raiders. <laughs> that's the other and two. And two, he will probably play really well for the Raiders <laughs> because he didn't play well for the Redskins. It's kind of like when Dude, Carlos no Rogers plays left well the Redskins. For the Raiders. Well, it doesn't matter where they go. It's like Carlos Rogers left the Redskins and went to the 49ers. And remember, he was making interceptions every game. For one, In Washington, year. He was, for one year. He was like brick for hands. Yeah. He so, had a good anyway. year, and that was it. 
Anyway, yeah, so that's the transactions uh, report. Um, good luck to David Amerson, but yeah, he did he did not work out for us. And I think we had to cut him to make space because we're getting um, Culliver back, who's our starting cornerback. Uh, that's correct. Although we didn't really miss him last game, I have to say, the way the defense played. But he's back after his one-game suspension, and we already talked about that on the last podcast in detail, so you can go back and listen to that if you want to hear our opinion about his suspension compared yeah. to Tom Brady. Interesting read between the lines uh, comment from Coach Gruden about this, uh, about Amerson being released and making room for Culliver, is that he said that uh, Amerson was released to make that space because, quote, we, well, I say quote, I'm doing air quotes here, guys. They needed space to um, to bring Culliver back in. They needed to free up a roster spot, he said. And they he's like, we only have so many roster spots. We had to free one up. And and I felt like he was almost saying, I would go with two quarterbacks if someone would let me. Um, well, they but, also uh, cut Mar or put Marshall Spate on injured reserve. So there's, I think there's an open spot as of today, unless I'm mistaken. So this is where we need John back, who does all of that kind of research and says, well, they can only put so many people on injured reserve and counting against the cap and everything else and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he's a uh, I know. <sighs> Get kidding. better, John. We need you back, man. Um, anyway, what else do we well, have? Let's, let's round this thing out. Let's go into this, um, this week's game against the Giants. Uh Let's talk about real quick the two-headed monster. Uh, it worked this past week between Alfred Morris and Matt Jones. Here's my question though: What is the future of Morris? If you've got a rookie, do you think that Morris is going to stay on the team? If you've got a rookie like Matt Jones, yes. I mean, obviously, coming up for contract extension, Morris is going to want a lot more money that will count against the cap. Do the Redskins keep him? What does everybody think? I think yes, and I've already touched on it a little bit. I think the way this offense is designed, if you have two awesome running backs, it's going to make it work. And if you have one, they're going to get burned out before the end of the season. And that kind of goes against the way you're setting this up. That's my opinion. Hmm. So We shall what? see. Um, what about the – what about the um, – Giants here. The Giants are 0 2. They lost two games in a row and they had 10 point leads going into the fourth quarter and couldn't hold it. So that's telling me for some reason in the fourth quarter their defense gets worn down. And yep. if you tell me that and then you have to go up against Mojo, Morrison Jones, by the fourth quarter, um, you know, hopefully it'll be more of the same. We haven't beat the Giants in like four years. So I'll be looking we forward to this game. We need to and not go also, into this game cocky, though. Oh, no, I mean, and we're we, also horrible on night games, dude. <laughs> and it's a night game in, in New York. In New York, or New Jersey, as John yeah. would say, at the right. Ghetto Lands, or the new Ghetto Lands. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the bookies have the Giants still as favorites mm -hmm. because of those reasons. And then you got all these people who last week, not even a week ago, were saying the Redskins were the worst team in the and in the league to this week, um, depending on where you look, ESPN has them at 23 in the power rankings and Josh saw them as high as 15. He believes on Yahoo. So, you know, <clears throat> you got to take that win kind of with a grain of salt and 
So yeah, the power point. rankings was interesting. I think you said you saw us at 23rd. I, I saw a 15th ranking in the power rankings. How quickly the media turns around and says, ooh, look at the Redskins. What are they doing? The surprise, surprise. They're actually playing football. But if you look at the yeah. real numbers, we're number one in defense and number 11 in overall offense. So I got to say, I mean, Coach Dingle has really uh, <laughs> has D- really dialed Coach in. Dingle. <laughs> Dingleberry. Uh, he has really dialed in the defense this year. And, 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 and what? It's that's, Coach now Dingle. that's going to be his nickname from here on. <laughs> Either that or Coach Elder. He, the Elder. Coach Dingle. Uh, Coach Dingleberry. Um, I mean, he's done a great job, and, and we're listed as the number one defense in the league. You know, that's pretty impressive at this point in the game. Especially, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Especially, we didn't even was, mention that St. Louis did beat the NFC champion Seahawks the week before. Right. So, division woes. Do we have a chance? I think, um, you know, obviously we're really early in the season to try to start predicting things in the NFC East. But if you look at what's happened in Dallas, Tony Romo's out with that broken collarbone. Um, and uh, they lost Des Bryant. Who else did they lose? Lose somebody else this past week as well? Well, in the preseason, uh, they lost Scandrick, who was supposed to be their best defensive back. Right, but I try not so, to watch anything about the Cowboys because just seeing them or hearing people talking about them kind of makes me physically ill. Right, so they're limping along. They still found a way to win this past week. Um, oh, they were up. They were up pretty and, big when they and they made the they made the Eagles look pretty bad. Um, so I think there's hope against the Eagles there. Look at Demarco Murray. That cracked me up. I think he had two yards on the day for the Eagles playing his former team, the Dallas Cowboys. I read something where he, that DeMarco Murray is averaging 1.6 feet per carry. <laughs> feet. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he was not happy on the sideline when I tuned into that game. It was kind of funny. Um, so those, yeah, so those teams are all kind of in disarray, which is what prompted the same people that said we were going to finish last in the entire league to say now that we have a chance to win it. NFC East, and I'm just kind of like, whatever. That's about let's just it, try man. to win this game against the Giants. How about that? Yeah, let's win it. Let's do it. Uh, Does that pretty much yeah. wrap it up? That wraps it up. All right. So, uh, go ahead, everybody. Uh, send us some email. Redskins fan at harryhogfootball.com. Tweet at us at harryhog. Give us a ring and ding ding and leave us a message at 177 Harry Hog. Um, what else you got? You can send John and get, it, me a, get well email at john and Yeah, he would appreciate that. Um, otherwise, we'll uh, be chatting at you after the Giants game sometime in the next week before our our game next week. We have a long week ahead of us. Yeah, so don't forget good. the games this Thursday night as in tomorrow night. So, uh, I think it's on NFL Network. I don't know what Josh is going to be able to watch it on in Canada. But, I'll uh, figure that out. Anyway. I'll go to Ken's house. We'll talk to you next week. Hail to the Redskins. And if you see a Cowboys fan, you know what to do. Joe! Joe.